Pedacitos de moneda. Welcome to Super Garbage Day, a retro video game review show where an actual garbage man plays games 20 years or older that you, the listener, chooses. Every week, I randomly pick a game submitted by the community to play, kindly dissect, then discuss. I am your host, the 17 Colossi, B. Rossis. So what is new in the land of Super Garbage Day Incorporated? Well, I've been getting prepared once again for another Retro Expo, but this time it's locally. <laughs> so this weekend I will be attending the Eugene Retro Expo, and I'm sure I'll be grabbing some 360 games and handing out some stickers and then not having to drive two hours back home. As always, you can catch my first impression video of the week's game on our Super Garbage Day YouTube channel. And this week, I was very delighted to jump back into a game that I love dearly to really find out if it's aged well or not. Uh, by the way, next week, you get not one, but two Backlog Eternal episodes on the Patreon. A review for Golden Axe Warrior and Outlast, which means the following week after that, it'll be all retro deep cut content. So... For two bucks, join the patron and check out all the uncensored extra content. Now, well over 30 episodes of, of stuff there. So check it out. Now, without wasting any more time, let's get to that retro question of the week. Van Fernal asks, what is a game that you hated and somehow always ended up replaying it? Then he continues to add, in my case, it was California games for the NES. I hated everything about that game. And for some reason we would end up renting it over and over. I don't think I've ever completed a single event in that game successfully. <laughs> that game does suck. I always remember the hacky sack part for some reason. That's, that's the one I always try to play. MK Keith also adds to this. He says, eh, I mean, I will have to replay perfect weapon at some point. Fuck that game. My answer to the question is Time Lord on the NES. Uh, the first time I beat this game, I hated every second of it, but it is one of the few games that I actually own a physical copy of. And since it's pretty much Battletoads 0.5, um, I don't mind trying to fly through it as fast as I can. I do hate it, but I was so obsessed with wanting to beat it that I, I really can almost speed run it at this point. But man, that game is hard and it sucks. All right, now it's time to ask, who are you pranking? That would be MK Keith because I'm doing a project with him and it has to do with the end of the year and I won't give out too much details, but he requested me to do a audio segment for this thing coming up. And I, uh, he, he gave me a Google drive, a, like shared account or just like a folder. And I uploaded a file to it and I titled the file, the main quest podcast, Keith, B Ross file. And then I reached out to him and said, Hey man, I have a sample of, of the project. I wanted you to take a listen to it and see if perhaps this is what you're wanting. And then he listened to it and it was just Rick Astley, never going to give you up. So, ah, <laughs> uh, got him. You know what? I know Rick Rowan is old and lame, but if you can find a good solid way to do it, you got to have respect on that. Okay. So I got him. Now let's talk about collect 360. This game, F1 Racing 2013, uh, specifically the North American version, has skyrocketed in value practically overnight. Though the game has an interesting history of being an extremely limited physical release, and it's been delisted digitally, 
due to the fact that it was delayed to be released. And when it finally came out, the 2014 version was already out. So it was like they, they did not print a lot of these copies. But I really can't help but wonder what happened here. If you go on price charting and look up Xbox 360 F1 2013, it went from like, I don't know, $15, $30 to like $500, $600. And there was like some major clusters of purchases that happened all around the same time. Um, I'll be honest here. There is a major shenanigan going on. And I think there's a little manipulation. Uh, currently, it is the most expensive 360 game that you can own. So we'll see how this pans out. But I don't know. If you come across a copy of that, obviously grab it if it's cheap. My Xbox 360 Spotlight Game of the Week for all you collectors is the original Dark Souls. Why not? Some claim to like this version more than the remaster because the bugs in this release actually help out the player. <laughs> obviously, there are some frame rate issues. The graphics aren't as good and, all, and the game needs, you know, it's been remade and so many sequels. And if you obviously if you go from like Elden Ring back to this, it's 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 rough. But this is a game that needs to be in your 360 library physically. Uh, is it live? Okay, here's something I need to bring this up. Is it library or library? Because I've always said library, and I think that's the correct way. But I don't know if this weird Mandela thing's happening right now because everything I listen to, including like television, major networks, news networks, podcasts, people are saying library. They're not saying library. So let me know if you're hearing the library and not the library, or if I'm wrong by adding the extra R. I don't know. It's been driving me nuts for like a month. I keep hearing it. Anyways, yeah, so Dark Souls on the Xbox is super cheap. I have two copies. You can get it for like five bucks. It's worth having if you're collecting for the 360. All right, now let's get to the game of the week because I have a special guest. Bringing him in. This is a special guest episode. He's very excited all the way from the land of maple syrup and mooses. I guess Mises, Moose, bringing in Akikan to talk about Shadow of the Colossus for the PlayStation Deuce. Yeah! <laughs> Ruidos de monedas. Shadow of the Colossus is a 2005. Whoa, 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 whoa. 2005. Oh, no, it's not 20 years old. Whoops. I don't know why I thought this game came out in like 2003. Well, it's a special guest episode, so I guess that the rules going forward, if you're... If you get the special guest episode tier, it could just be any game as long as I can play it. Anyways, Shadow of the Colossus is a 2005 action-adventure game developed by Japan Studios and Team Eco and published by Sony Computer Entertainment for the PlayStation 2. Wow, what a whistle. It takes place in a fantasy setting that follows Wander, a young man who is, enters an isolated and abandoned region of the realm seeking the power to revive a girl named Mono or Mono. The player assumes the role of Wander as he embarks on a mission that might entail Mono's resurrection. He has to locate and destroy the Colossi, 16 massive beings spread across the Forbidden Land, which the protagonist tra traverses by horseback on foot. I only screwed up like 60% of that. Ugh. Anyways, let's bring him in and let's get to this beautiful game.
Akinan or Akan can or Marcus. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much for submitting uh, a game that is, in my eyes, uh, masterpiece quality. I mean, it's going to be no surprise, really, at the end of this episode that I say that this is a game that is one of the greatest games ever made. And honestly, there's going to be a ridiculous amount of spoilers to everybody listening right now. So if you've never, for some reason or another, you've never played Shadow of the Colossus, for God's sakes, listen to like half of this, then pause it, (laughs) go play it. Then come back for the end. And um, I want to bring in Marcus, otherwise known as Akakan. Is that is that correct? Uh, Akikan. Yeah, Akikan. Akikan. Wow. I, I, I could not be pronouncing anything at gunpoint. So yeah. Akikan sounds way cooler. <laughs> so thank you for clearing <laughs> that you. up for me. Um, well, all right. So this game I also discovered recently uh, came out in 2005, <laughs> which kind of broke kind of broke the rules for the show but you're a special guest you opted for this tier so really honestly you can pick any game you want as long as i can play it yeah right on thank you for uh thank you for playing it this is probably one of my favorite games that's ever come out if not the favorite my at least my most favorite game absolutely and um it, i was absolutely i was so pleased and excited when you chose this because i never know what's coming you know especially oh, with a special you. a special guest episode i definitely have to I mean, I have to play it, you know, <laughs> so <laughs> I play the games anyways, but a lot of times when it's something like to this caliber or like um, backlog eternal, I try to play it almost to completion or to completion, at least in that sense. So let me mm-hmm. stop. I'll stop blabbering. Um, I have a question for you. I want to yeah. know your first impressions Ooh. with Shadow of the Colossus when you first played it. Oh, when I first played this, I was probably about f- five or six. Um it's probably the first video game I've ever played. I remember sitting next to my cousin when he had his PS2. And he went to the washroom and I just started playing it. Had no clue what I was doing, but I was in love with it because I saw giant creatures. That's all it was. I, I love Pacific Rim. Anything with giant mechs is probably like a go for me. Like I love Armored Core in that entire series. So when I saw this, I was like, oh, this is going to be something I enjoy. That's crazy. You said you were four, you were five or six? Yeah, I was really young when my cousin was playing this. Holy cow. I, I, I appreciate that we have, um, you know, retro game enthusiasts of, or just gamers of all generations on this show. I think you might be the youngest because my introduction to this game was a PlayStation magazine. Um, I think it was called the official PlayStation magazine or OPM. Uh, it had a demo disc for this game. Oh, I remember when they had those demo discs. Those are pretty cool. Those are, I mean, this is, this is one of those times when a demo disc absolutely forced me to like pre-order a game. And my <laughs> first experience was that I played this demo disc, no idea what this was. Um, so I fired it up. I played it. I couldn't believe it. I probably replayed that demo disc. Uh, whew, I mean, just that first part, cause it's the first Colossus. I mean, e- easily a hundred times and just uh, invited friends over to see it. You know, <laughs> I was obsessed. I was like, this is, there's nothing else I've ever experienced like this at that time. I think it's the, if I'm correct, this is like the first only boss game that's ever been released. It was pretty controversial. I, I agree. I agree. Um, At least on a wide scale, I'm not sure if things count like old school Atari or anything like that. But as far as, far as I'm concerned, you are correct. Um, also, I think I was 21 <laughs> when I first played oh. this. So there's, there's the difference there, man. Yeah, a little bit. Uh, yeah, my cousin was, I think he was 
15 or 16 when I was a kid. He's about 10 years older than me, so he had a lot of the cooler games. Like, it was this, Sly Cooper, uh, what was it, like, Gran Turismo 2 on the PS2. All those games I was exposed to. Those are bangers. I've never experienced Sly Cooper, but I've been. that's one of those games that keeps, is constantly recommended to me, and I know nothing about it other than the cover art. So that's something that I think I need to put into the backlog in the future. Oh, yeah. So that's great. I, those are. It's so funny that we both have a separate first impressions or first instances with this. So, you know, what I really want to go into next is I really want to just I've I've already uh, discussed a little bit of this history uh, before bringing you on to the show. Uh, just like a little snippet of this game. Not really anything incredible. Just my little intro I, I do. But I really want to give you the uh, the floor right now for you to explain to me this game because as you've told me and you expressed to me this is like your favorite game is that correct oh yeah big time of all time yes i know that there's a lot to um delve into as far as this game is concerned with its its mechanics its history its lore it has really interesting lore and um i just want to say go crazy let's talk about it so whenever you're ready let's talk shadow of the colossus uh okay so just to start off, I said earlier this game is extremely controversial only because all bosses. And that's something that I think blew everybody out of the water when this game first came out. At least that's what I heard from everybody who was around the same age when it came out. Um, especially for the PS2, this definitely drove it to the limits, having like these giant creatures moving around and it's all physics-based. So the story behind it is is pretty interesting because they really developers of Team Eco really put some ambition into this because this could have flopped completely and they could have done nothing about it. Um, Do the story though, the story is very in depth, a lot of open to, uh, I guess, interpretation. There's not a lot of lore that gets said in Shadow of the Colossus besides the cutscenes and what Dormin says, the, the, the entity that speaks to you in the shrine. Um, I think the general consensus is that Dormin is this kind of entity that was shattered into 16 colossi that was to try and seal him away because he's supposed to be an an entity of death, I think, (laughs) is what I understand from the lore, from what people explain. I pick that up too, almost like, almost like a Satan character. I think that they're they're explaining in the beginning, but like you said, it is a very ambiguous um, storyline. It it leaves, especially if you just play this game and not the other two, like uh, the Last Guardian and uh, Eco or Ico, whatever they say. Um, this game only really tells you like a short story, and the way they make Dormin in this game and his voice is a lot different than the first one. <laughs> I noticed. I don't know about you, but I played the PS3 and the PS4 version. And from the PS3 to PS4, he sounds a lot more, I don't, he sounds more human. I don't know how to explain it. My take on how Dorman sounds is it sounds like a woman and a man talking at the same time with a lot of special like audio effects put on it to like make it sound echoey and, and darker. But I hear both genders, at least in the PS, I've only played the PS2 version, by the way, I've, and I, I really look forward to playing the other versions when I come across a PS4 or 5 in my future. But that was my take on Dorman was um, 
it, it had this weird mixture. I didn't know really that it was, I didn't pay too much attention to that. Cause like I said, I haven't played those versions, but you're saying that they changed the voice a little bit for those. He he's, I don't know how to explain it. So in the PS2 version, it sounds more mixed together, but in the, the version I was playing, the newest version, they sound very separate. And I actually like that because the entire point of this Valley of uncanniness where it's, living but it's not quite living and time doesn't really exist here is what the feel i get so it gives me the kind of like they gave him a female voice to make him more feminine to suppress his masculinity so he's no longer fully powerful it's like the colossi they're half living but they're also half building so they gave him just enough to have an organism to be shattered into but not enough where the organism can die and he can thrive off of the death of the Colossi, which is interesting. I agree on uh, with that take because that's kind of the, what the way I looked at it. I know the beginning of this game, you are um, kind of explained a story through uh, Lord Iman, who uh, it shows this mask, you know, and and it's kind of explaining to you, like you said, vaguely and cryptically, what is going happen, what's happened up until this point before your main character named Wander comes in with uh, holding their dead. Uh, a dead woman. We are not really sure 100% what the connection is, but we do know there is some form of a connection there between them. Uh, who I believe is named Mono, or is it Mono? <laughs> uh, I think I think we're all supposed to say it Mono, but I think it's Mono. Mono? Okay. And, and it's funny, in the Japanese version, his name's Wanda. Wanda? <laughs> Wanda, because it's supposed to... I think it's supposed to be Wonder, but that's how they pronounce it, is Wanda. I like I Wander. No Don't quote me. Wander is is perfect because it's it really personifies well, yeah. this character, and yeah. I guess Mono kind of does too. <laughs> but <laughs> yeah, and then Lord Iman's like kind of like the I guess the person that got together with this group and banished the idea. The thing I was seeing from the intro was that um, Dorman was this evil creature that was very powerful, and I get this idea that there's a big play on light and darkness in this game. Like that's the big overall theme. It's even in the title, mm-hmm. you know. And uh, Dorman's kind of like almost seems like the 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 king of darkness, you know, and I get a little bit of that like Satan. Uh, there's a lot of like religious, I think, nods in this game. Even Dorman, the name Dorman backwards is Nimrod. And Nimrod yeah. biblically was a story like it's almost exact like uh, Nimrod was chopped up into 16 pieces. I don't know about 16, but chopped into a bunch of pieces because they were evil. They were spreading like the wrong word or something. By the way, I am not a religious person, so don't. I was going to say don't nail me to the cross, but um, <laughs> I'm, I'm a spiritual person, not religious. I'm not bashing any religion. I just think I'm seeing the the correlations. He Nimrod was a was an individual that tried to build a giant tower to Babylon or the Tower of Babylon or next to the River of Babylon, right? Or whatever they call it. And uh, God was like, "Hey, you can't do that," and punished him by cursing him, which is kind of like the same fate as Mono as well. She had a cursed fate. Yeah, and she's trying to get her soul resurrected. But yeah, you're right. He was cut into pieces and sent to all his villages. Yeah, so that they can um, ultimately as a punishment. And this is, I think, this takes uh, inspiration from that part of uh, the Bible. But uh, Dorman, you know, it's explaining how they did this, and 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 this is a sacred land. Nobody's supposed to be here. It's it's off limits. And then you, your character, Wander, the person you play, is showing up with their horse, Agro, and um. Uh, which is a female apparently yeah i didn't know that i i I discovered that today too (laughs) i was like oh it's a female horse actually you know i found out all the genders of almost everything in the in the game uh, through some deep diving today yeah 
um because wow. i i felt yeah it was like a lot of the colossi like they're uh they're either male or female and it, it kind of makes sense with the whole idea of Dorman being this evil spirit that's being like also mixed with uh femininity and yeah. the light i think represents the femininity and the dark uh, represents the masculinity but mm-hmm. that's my own personal take like i said this uh the game it does leave it kind of open for uh your own opinion um i just got a quick question for you when you did you did you get to the end of the game where you become dormin yes and the giant okay so there's actually something pretty cool in that the the crab legs that he has on his back are actually from one of the original colossi that was supposed to be in the game oh really yeah the there were supposed yeah. to be there were supposed to be um i think 48. originally 48 and then they then they kind of like chiseled it down to 24 and then eventually 16 were c- produced yeah. And it was like a devil, a spider, a griffin, something called Sirius, kind of an orangutan, Evis, Yamori, uh, Phoenix, and Worm. I think those are the ones. <laughs> yeah, Worm. It's just Worm. Great. But I mean, <laughs> just those, worm. they were concepts. And yeah, the spider, you know what's funny is out of all those, because they were, mm-hmm. I think that was available in some kind of special edition book. You could see the concept art for the ones that didn't make it. The one I wanted yeah. in there out of those, actually, let me ask you first. Which one did you would, do, would you have liked uh to to have been in the game if they were going to add one i think i think one we didn't get a lot of was the spider that's there was not really many of those multi-legged creatures that was my choice that's 100 my choice i wanted the spider it, in there it's either yamori or the griffin i think the griffin would have been a good addition but i i hate i hate the dogs but yeah the one thing about this game i despise is Solosi and Cenobia. oh yeah those like, two lions they're like <laughs> cerebus is pretty much right like our yeah they have a little bit of difference, but yeah. So ultimately, I'm sorry to jump ahead, uh, Marcus, but so uh, I digress. The you're you show up here with the sword. That's a special sword that allows you to practically enter uh, this. This you're in this temple that's created, I think, to actually completely built to um, hold Dorman, and yeah, you set you set mono down on the altar and the dorm starts talking to you telling you, Hey, you know, I can resurrect, I can resurrect her. Um, there will be a cost, but you need to defeat these 16 entities that are statues, representative statues in that temple throughout the land. You immediately go into the game. So if you haven't played it before, you think like, oh, okay. Uh, I, I feel like we kind of ruined <laughs> everything already, but yeah, we definitely it's ruined a, it. <laughs> it's, it's a, you know, it's almost a 20 year old game. So whatever. But um, at first, when I first played this game, I didn't know Dorman was like tricking me, you know. Neither uh, did I. And, well, I was a I was an idiot kid. So, <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, if you're if you if you beat this game at like six, five, six, or seven, I, I highly doubt you were an idiot kid. <laughs> so, um, it's a pretty complex I never game. Beat it. I got pretty close. I think I got stuck at oh shoot, I think it was Phalanx, the giant uh, snake. Oh yeah, which who I, I, I definitely want. And I never played it. I definitely want to talk about later um it being one of my favorites so and then you start your quest you agree to take down these colossi and or is it colossus i mean i don't know what the real term is or the proper term but i've been calling them colossi it's colossi i'm pretty sure okay so um then you start your this quest which uh you know for the ps2 i mean it's it's it looks uh i mean we'll, we'll get into like the uh the graphics and audio but I just from the get go, the presentation immediately it blows your mind. This game is built to blow your mind, I think, and uh, it's got this air of love that's crafted into the gameplay that shows that usually only shows through like independent developers 
that like really put their heart and soul into something and out from from the get-go this game does it when you go to that first colossus and how you have to do it right because you have to use your sword you uh the the sun the light guides you towards the colossi and it tells you this you jump on your horse and you head towards the first colossi so let's talk about valis go ahead marcus valis so valis i feel is a i actually feel like he's kind of a gray spot in the story he doesn't quite make sense to me he's not an animal but he's just in this little plane of area that doesn't make much sense just on this cliff He's he's like you you're you're walking up to this thing you're like okay you got to climb up this hill check it out I can imagine what someone would be like the first time they ever see this it's just oh so there's no little dudes it's just I have to climb that <laughs> it's just a wall I have to climb and I, I what do I have to do afterwards it doesn't really do much explaining when you see him no but I feel like it's, he's also kind of a tutorial colossus i feel that's that's the way i i felt because to get to him it's kind of introducing the mechanics to you like all yeah. leading all the way up to to valis and mm-hmm. i guess that's fair as well that's that's at least that's how i felt i felt like oh wow this game i appreciate a game that teaches you the mechanics in a non um like challenging your intelligence way you know like but this felt threatening i mean you walk up to this guy and you're like oh this is this is what i have to do my tutorial on this <laughs> i don't even know like 300 foot tall beast <laughs> I, but also that's the first oh my god moment when you first play this game yeah. you're like wow this is and i think the the fact that it's, it's defunct of other enemies and 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 npcs and it has no animals or i, I mean for, with an exception to lizards but i think that really mm-hmm. uh that really makes it a crescendo every time building up towards oh, yeah. fighting the colossi and i think that's the first moment you feel and I, I mean as much as you're right like valis doesn't make sense i don't think i i didn't dive too deep into lore but i think it's put there just to like show you what's what's up you know mm-hmm. yeah i i uh i definitely agree it's i don't know it, there's i compare this game very differently because obviously with every other normal video game like let's let's say mario world for example each sort of world has specific enemies to it but you have no clue what you're expecting when you walk up to either of these colossi especially if you've played it for the first time you're gonna look in let's say uh hydras the first one the the eel you walk in it's the first one you encounter that's in water and you're like oh this one's different from the rest of them and then you have to sit there and figure it out (laughs) when you first played this i mean of course I'm, i'm asking you to recall a memory of you being like six or seven but did you feel that nervousness every time, not knowing exactly what was going to happen? Because they do a good job of making them them varied and having different varieties of, uh, at least in, well, not always, but in a sense of like, it seems like every time you have to do something a little different with them. I'm, I'm going to be honest. I remember the, f- I, I'd never had, uh, I was stressed out when I did the battles. But there's only one time I ever actually got freaked out. <laughs> and I remember when you had to do Dirge, the, uh, the oh, Sands thing. Oh, Yeah. That one freaked me out and I couldn't play. I told my cousin to play. I understand because even at the time that I uh, was playing in my t- t- 21, that boss in particular, uh, Dirge being the, the the pretty much the sandworm, correct? Yeah. Yeah. And, and yeah. it's the one that's actively, I think, a, a lot of these colossi I feel like are just existing and you're there mm-hmm. to either challenge them. But uh, Dirge feels like it's trying to kill you. Like 100%. Yeah. Like it's... It's a very antagonistic um, boss. Who who 
pissed in your cornflakes. Like <laughs> <laughs> you're sitting in this little cave all by yourself. I can see why you're upset, but come on, man. <laughs> and also anytime you're in a cave, a dark area, you're going to have some horror aspect where you're like, eh, I'm not feeling too comfortable about this enclosure because this game's all about like open space. So anytime oh, I, yeah. I felt confined, I was like, something's going to go down and it's going to be a little freaky. But like uh, Kuramori, the, the spitting snake. Oh, the yeah. Spitting lizard. Holy. Oh, the ones like, how am I supposed to get down there all that quickly? That's the Coliseum fight, right? You fight you fight uh, them in the Coliseum and it, it scales the walls. Yeah, it scales the wall. Yeah, that one was really cool, yeah. though. I, I like I said, this game keeps introducing every Colossi you fight. It keeps introducing something kind of a little different. You have to do almost like a puzzle. It's a little bit of a puzzle platform action adventure game ultimately but it's definitely like that one in particular you get stumped at first every yeah oh yeah big time every interaction with every colossus colossi uh, there's a there's a there's like a learning point in the beginning where you're like okay what is step one because <laughs> this is definitely a <laughs> game you do not want to use a walkthrough if you've never played because a lot of the delight in this game is kind of the first playthrough is very delightful because you are figuring things out and you get a lot of aha moments and it happens naturally and nothing is is too obtuse and then replaying it makes it even more fun because then once you figure that stuff out now you're just trying to get better and better at the game and then it adds to the replayability oh yeah uh, especially apparently there's a new game plus and you can do the time trials i'm not touching that especially <laughs> in the new version wander handles like i well he handles more realistically and that's the problem <laughs> <laughs> he when he grips he doesn't instantly grip anymore so he was just like flailing around and losing grip and catching it somewhere else and i'm like oh, i didn't know that come on man i didn't know that i changed that it, aspect of it i i kind of feel like wander is very similar to hercules and the fact that these 16 colossus are kind of like his trials absolutely and is it Her- I, I don't know if it's yeah. hercules i don't know but i think i also kind of see a little bit of like a legend of zelda influence which is really funny oh, to me time. Which is funny to me because, like, obviously there's a Legend of Zelda influence. Like, if anything, I think of of any of the games, maybe Legend of Zelda 2 on the NES um, with this Mm -hmm. lore. But it's funny how Breath of the Wild ended up being heavily influenced by this game. So it's kind of like a cross-pollination, which is kind of beautiful. Oh, someone in the Discord sent a link. It was uh, from the new... The new Legend of Zelda where you can build stuff. Oh, Tears of the Kingdom? and all that. Yeah. Yeah, Tears of the Kingdom. I'm sitting here like, wow, that that is really heavily influenced. Like the 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 symbols from both games are very similar if you look at them. They are. Uh, this very well could have been a Zelda game. I think. Could, oh yeah. Could you imagine Nintendo release this? Uh, <sighs> on like the GameCube, you <laughs> have been blown you away. Know what? I wouldn't be surprised because I, it kind of fits in a. a uh, I mean, look at Persona, Persona's PlayStation, but look at uh, like Final Fantasy. Like they're pretty strange games that are on the Switch now. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, well, Nintendo. Uh, there's definitely stranger Nintendo. <laughs> well, Nintendo has has always kind of tried to push the envelope with creativity and being innovative. So I, I'm not surprised. I'm sure they looked at this game and thought, "Wow, that's very Zelda-like." But I'm sure they nodded. They're like, "Respect. You made something oh, really, yeah. really good." And I I really don't see like at first I wasn't like Zelda ripoff. I was like, "Ooh, I see some inspiration," but this is in its own entity and. Oh, yeah. A labor of love. So, uh, uh, furthermore, let's talk about a couple more of the Colossi. So, um, the Dragon Horse, or, you know, the one that... So, there's a couple of Colossus, Colossi that you have. Um, the aggro is very important part of. Uh, mainly, mm-hmm. um, Phaedra. 
I'm pronouncing that correctly? Listen, man, I'm the king of mispronunciation, so. Phaedra is the kind of pharaoh looking one, which sounds the coolest in the new one. He sounds like a dinosaur. Really? Well, it's it's kind of based off a of Kieran, oh, yeah. right? Like a Kieran is a yeah. is a dragon horse. Well, actually, his uh, his in game file is Kieran. Oh, okay. That's what they called him. <laughs> well, then that was I nailed it. One day out of the year, I'm right about something, and that's it. Yeah, but uh, I like how you have to get its attention with the arrows, like, and then you have to lead it to like kind of follow you a little bit. Um, and then you have to hide and it has to like look for you. There's a couple times that that happens, but this one in particular, because like, it was almost like the swamplands, you know, like kind of almost like a burial yeah. ground area. Um, I remember that being one of the first Colossus or Colossi that I was like, this is, this is cool. But also I'm a little scared because I feel like I'm being hunted, you know? Oh yeah. He, he's scary now like he there's a few in there that genuinely terrify me especially in the new one i'm like wow this is this is not like what it used to be wonder we got to focus up a little bit <laughs> i see i can't wait to look to be honest i watched some of your streaming and i couldn't believe how it looks i it's it's incredible it's unbelievable that should be a pack-in game with the playstation 5 because i i would buy it it's unbelievable <laughs> like can you imagine like a shadow of the colossus ps5 like special edition but oh yeah. oh but they Oof. that that makes me want a ps4 or 5 because i really want to play <laughs> these remasters these remakes and that it looks so it, it, it still holds up like you can still play the ps2 version which is actually really inexpensive at, at the time of this podcast episode like it's like 15 bucks and you could probably find it's a crazy. ps2 for somewhere around i don't know 60 to 80 bucks so unless you already have one, I, I, it's, it's worth obviously owning a copy of. I'm going to buy a copy of this, even though I don't have a PS2, because I just love the game so much. And I just want it to be like in my collection. There's, there, there's definitely some collectability for this game, because I went, to a, uh, I went to three hobby shops near me, and even a pawn shop, and none of them had any of the versions of this game. Really? So like there's Zero, two... There's, nothing. So you mean even like all the way up to the newest versions, or just the PS2 versions? Every version, like every platform. Wow. The, even it's crazy. To be honest, I never see this game in the wild. And I do a lot of retro game hunting and I never see this game. I don't see the the classics version or the or the original black box version. I never see it. Never. The only reason I have them is because of my cousin. He, he gave them to me after he uh, he bought them and he got rid of his PS2 and he's like, you can have this. I'm like, great. I have a PSP. I can't play this. <laughs> Good dude, though. <laughs> Surprised I never made it to oh, PSP. Yeah. That would have been a great game to have on the oh, go. Yeah. But in hindsight, it should have been. I think it would have run on the PS Vita at least. I think so. Technically, there's no m mobile version of this game. I shouldn't say no. I shouldn't use the word mobile. That sounds like cell phone, but. There's, but I mean, uh, except for the upcoming, I guess, PS weird link thing, portal thing that looks crazy. I guess that'll be the first time you can play this handheld, but I never even heard of that. I didn't know there was a thing. Yeah. They that. announced uh PlayStation announced a PlayStation portal, which is kind of like, I guess their take on like the, the steam deck and the switch like they're, and it's like, it looks like a screen with a PlayStation five controller cut in half and on and glued on both sides. And it's only you can only use it like <laughs> you can't just leave oh your house. God. Have you looked it up? It's, <laughs> it looks awful. I'm mean, personally, what were they thinking with this? That thing does not look well. Then again, though, it wasn't built to be. You're not supposed to take it with you outside the house. Which I'm like, what are you thinking there? But 
Um, <laughs> yeah, it's it's a weird decision, but I guess if you want to play your games uh, in in your house, <laughs> uh, <Not> great. <laughs> yeah, it's it's a weird it's a weird move, but you will finally be able to play Shadow of the Colossus <laughs> in your in the palm Mobile. of your hands if you want to. You know what? Uh, there's another. I, I'm going to talk about Gaius. Uh, he's okay. The third colossus you fight and he's my second favorite of them because he's practically a knight and um he i think gaius is really an exclamation point in the game where it really shows like it gets very epic in that part oh yeah it's gaius is very stressful if you have no clue what you're doing right but once you figure it out there is that that one moment in that fight that is so cinematic and you just feel like a badass and you're holding your breath and you're rushing, you know, like it's it's uh to to ruin it, you have to you guys you have to he he has this giant sword and he tries to it's kind of like a sword mace thing, but he tries to hit you with it, and guys is enormous, so it takes a while to swing down, and you want him to hit these uh, little stone circle areas, and if you're able to do that, it kind of breaks some of his armor, but when this happens, he has a little bit of a time where he's trying to like I don't know uh, realign himself, and you can jump on the sword and run up it towards him and it is such a cool visual it is so oh yeah dope because you're sitting here you're looking at this thing and it's staring at you as you're climbing up its arm and you can see like kind of a little bit of fear in its eye yeah <laughs> but you're also scared it's you're like cool. oh but you're hyped you know that fight is so hyped i love that fight oh it's fantastic and he's also a big shaker, though. You know, a lot of these guys will try to shake you off. Ultimately, these these colossus are built from I don't know some kind of like furry flesh and stone. You know, and you really have to find these these sigils on on them that glow that are kind of their weak points, and that's where you stab. And uh, you really don't know originally where they are. You kind of have to. It's a little bit of a let's. That's the puzzle aspect of this game is figuring out where those are. And when you do it feels you're like aha but that's not like it because sometimes you got to get all the way back up there and you can be thrown off most of the time you're going to be thrown off because they are you especially if you initiate that first stab and they are unforgiving yeah once you stab them they don't care and gaius is kind of the first colossus that you you might be falling off of a lot but yeah and then you have and then it moves on to these uh like these these aerial you know, like these, uh, these, these, these ones that these battles that take place in the sky. And I think it, it begins with, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think it's Avion. Yeah. Avion. Avion is just French for bird Oh, <laughs> or plane. Sorry. Well, the, <laughs> there we go. So, and then this, this fight takes place, I believe in like a, a water area where the, the floor is water. <laughs> also, I want to point out here, I want to gush a little bit. He never used to make waves when he would rush down. And in this game, you can just see the tidal force. So not only do you have a giant bird coming at you, but you got waves too, and you're kind of freaking out. Like, I better time this right. <laughs> yeah, because it's a, it's you see them kind of flying up there, and you kind of have to get their attention, and they swoop down, kind of like how an eagle swoops down and will grab a fish out of the water, and that's your that's your moment too. It is uh, it's also another moment of like epic battle where you jump and just have to hope that you grab onto the the furry area. And then, boom! You're up in the sky, or you're up in the the air with him. Not so much the sky is kind of a kind of an underground uh, cavern with water ish ravine. Yeah, kind of. I'm not sure how to explain it, but yeah, I think ravine is perfect. 
and when you first played that what did you what were your feelings about that fight in particular for avion if i remember correctly probably don't but i just remember seeing this giant bird and he's my third favorite in the game just the way he looks and the entire fight it's it's really cool because it's the first bird you encounter and it's like oh they fly these (laughs) giant things they can fly yeah and that just gets that just gets crushed by phalanx later but you don't expect that (laughs) no and it's really it's also another it opens your eyes because it never hints that you're going to be fighting things in the air and not at all i kept thinking as i continued to play this game for the first time um and I guess recently I'm always like impressed with like, man, it just keeps pushing the envelope. You're like, what is next? Like, are we going to be fighting in space? Are we going to be fighting underwater? And then <laughs> you're like, yeah, we are fighting underwater. Kind of with, um, was it Hydrus? Hydrus, the eel. Yeah, the eel. And it was, this is your underwater battle, which is what I'm not very fond of this fight. But to, no. to be fair, I'm not fond of underwater battles. But what's your feeling about Hydrus? <laughs> Hydrus is is the only time I could experience a true underwater. Um, well, it's the only time you really fight anything underwater. There's a very big sense of urgency when you're holding onto him and he swims really fast underwater. So you're sitting there like, oh shit. I, I pray I don't let go. Because you don't know if Wonder's just fully capable of holding on at this point because you're still trying to see what's his limit. And unfortunately, 20 years later, everybody knows that He'll, he'll hold on no matter what, <laughs> yeah. as long as you have stamina. Yeah. But like, I remember playing that for the first time. And I was like, how long am I going to be able to hold on for? <laughs> Is he just going to throw me off and kill me? And you got to be careful because he also has like, elect- he can electrocute you. He has, well, yeah. And that's just another factor to it that I was like, you have to be very careful in this battle. This is a, a battle of stamina and like timing. And, mm-hmm. but I, I, that's not, it's, it's on my bottom of my list. Honestly, I think it's my least favorite fight because maybe not my least, but um, it's it's not favorable. I was always like, oh, I got to fight Hydrus, you know. Yeah. But I, I think that's also another reason why they didn't really have any other uh, colossi that submerged and went deep. But, you know, there's a couple we skipped, but at the same time, I don't know if we could really go through every single one without this being like a four hour <laughs> thing. No, but it's, I don't think so. It's all good. I mean, Barbara, I'm sorry, Barba. <laughs> it is um there's like these minotaurs i call them minotaurs but they're like there's a couple of them the colossi and this one is like valis the first one except uh barba has a big old beard and <laughs> looks like a viking yeah, he kind of look like apes though yeah they do in my opinion they like, do with their hands they do and i think the the third one that i think is like the second to the last one is the most like ape-like argus yeah, yeah. and the way they look and, and move also, the appendages on them actually move in this game. They're not just like one solid block. <laughs> I know. I can't know how. And the old ones. I don't know how they pulled this off. It's crazy. It's nuts. It's so good. But, you know, uh, ultimately you jump on Barba's beard, which I think that term means beard <laughs> in Latin or something. Uh, Barba. I have no clue. But uh, it's also one of these battles that you uh, originally don't know what you're supposed to do. And you kind of have to egg on the colossi or colossus in this in this instance to destroy kind of the environment and look for you so that you can jump onto his beard and climb up which i thought was so cool <laughs> oh yeah when you figure that out. just he leans down over just like yeah let me grab onto this <laughs> and we uh we spoke about dirge but is there like anything you want to add about dirge in general in my opinion this is probably for 
The speedrunning standards, if you ever speedrun this game, this is a boss you probably have to watch out for because he's very inconsistent with where he'll crash into. Okay. Um, I like Dirge. He's my favorite. I just like the way he looks now. It's just... He's also the same model as um, as Hydra, just a lot shorter with a different face, which is pretty cool. I didn't think about that. Um, also, one of the, like we said, one of the, probably the most aggressive Colossus in the game, other than maybe the last mm-hmm. Colossus. And Malice, yeah. And this is one that is non, you don't stop moving, right? Like you have to, you have to use aggro, you have to be constantly on the move and this is kind of where you this is where i discovered the first time i played that you can flip around on your horse with your bow and arrow <laughs> and i was like what that's awesome and uh i want to tap into the fact that uh, every time you jump off dirge and it's in this fight that you notice it a lot every time you call aggro you can hear the sense of urgency in his voice absolutely it's like yo Get your together. <laughs> yeah. Get over here. We got a ride. <laughs> yeah. And it's cool because in this instance, you have to shoot his eyes, which aren't always visible because it's a sandworm. No. You know, it's like a tremor. And and that kind of um, that opens up dirge to, uh, you know, the other areas, <laughs> the uh, sensitive bits where you or the sigils that you have to attack. And that is such an intense fight. That's very intense. So that's so that's your favorite, huh, dirge? Yeah, big. Uh, it. Mm, I would say my second favorite, Palagia, the uh, the one with teeth on his forehead, is my favorite. <laughs> yeah, big time. Well, that let's talk about it because uh, you know uh, we'll talk about the uh, the cerebuses or the uh, the lions and lionesses, but let's talk about your favorite. Let's let's talk about Palagia. Is it uh, Palagia Pal- or Palagia? Palagia, Poseidon, whatever they want to call gotcha. it. Gotcha. <laughs> um, he's the first boss. If your first playthrough, you have no clue what to do. Like, you're looking at this thing and you're like, okay, you have to climb on top of its head and you got to stab it. Seems pretty simple. But no, the teeth are actually a very important role. You got to hit his teeth, guide him towards these little things. And oh my God, he's so glitchy. Teeth on the head too. That's so... It's on top of yeah. his head. And and you use those to guide. And I was like, that's so cool. Like, every time I found myself playing this game being like, that's so cool. I did, And they kept blowing me away with every other colossi then i'm like oh this is how you guide him you hit this set of teeth and he'll turn right you hit the set of teeth he turns left this one goes forward oh man in, uh, in this game he definitely got the biggest graphical update compared to the others really he has scales which is strange because he always looked like he used to have leather like his skin now looks like his skin are just scaly now and then he's got like these things covering around his horns and i'm like wow he looks more like a building now than an actual living creature interesting I, were, were there other uh colossi that had scales updated to them in the further releases no where i think he's the only one interesting choice art choice but i mean i'm uh, you're digging it so i assume that it's he looks like uh he's kind of like one of those uh 1950s greaser kind of guys now like wearing the black coats. And <laughs> That's <laughs> cool. Those kinds of movies. He whips out a switchblade knife. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So uh, that's that's your favorite. Um, that one is 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 up there. It's one of my top five. I love that fight because I love the, uh, how innovative it is. Especially it keeps introducing uh, innovative things in the game. That's one where you you are. I was very stumped. But uh, mm-hmm. personally, my favorite is uh, Phalanx or uh, Phalanx. Phalanx. Yeah. Yeah, that one, I love that one. That that fight, I think, kind of 
it's the fact that it's like it's also like the most peaceful colossus i don't think it's even trying to mess with you at all it's just flying around enjoying the sunlight and you are pretty much attacking it it's this giant sky beast that has these uh swollen balloons or gourds under its body that you shoot to kind of gain access to it but it's such a beautiful i think that fight in particular really sums up um all the skills like it that this mm-hmm. boss fight forces you to use all the skills that you've learned so far to overcome it uh riding aggro uh shooting with your bow and arrow fighting hanging on agility not falling off uh being precise timing things correctly and i i like the scenery i like the openness i like that it's like in the desert area and you're flying and it's just it's i love that fight that's my favorite by far it's fantastic i think he's the only one in the game who can't kill you yeah not a, not intentionally at least i think he's passive it is a passive it's so funny too because i think the other pretty much the ground version of that is the most aggressive with dirge yeah. so it's funny to me that but I'll, i think it's another reason why i like it too i I mean, obviously, every time you take down a Colossus, you feel really bad. <laughs> At least I did, because I'm like, am I, am I, I doing I the right? Guilty. Am I doing the right thing? That music they play, you know. We'll we'll get into the music in a little bit, but yeah. So that that's that's my favorite, and then my second favorite is Gaius for sure. Like those two, I could replay those ones over and over and over, or speed run those per se. But um, let's talk a little bit about the uh, the the Cerebuses or the lions. Oh. So I watched you play through. Um, I think the first one, which is Cenobia, uh, yeah, Cenobia, Celosia, Celosia, and then Cenobia is um, the other one, yeah, the one in the town, fourteenth one, yeah. So these two are really technical, and I want you to, uh, you can you can tell me your experiences about figuring <laughs> them out and currently playing them. So in the older versions, he's supposed to when you knock him off with the stick. He's supposed to stop every now and then to give you time to stab him. In my version, he did not. Really? No, he did not stop. And I think I broke the AI. <laughs> I think I got to him too late and it didn't register me being on top of him. So he just kept shaking constantly and you can't do anything. Was that when you were playing and I was watching? Because I noticed I was like, man, yeah. he is not moving. He just keeps shaking. I was like, I thought he, I thought he like gave you a little bit of a buffer there to attack. But I was like, man, this is rough. I broke him. Like I tried fixing his AI twice, but I it's just one of those things where you're gonna even you're gonna have to either relog or <laughs> fight through it. And unfortunately I spent twenty minutes trying to fight this dog. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, it totally acted like a, a rabid fight dog, you know. And it's like it's cool too, it's one of those things where you have to use the, at least the first of the two, you have to use the environment. Well, I guess both of you have to use the environment, but uh, the first one reminds me more of a dog, the second one reminds me more of a cat. I don't know why. But in both, you have to use the environment, kind of lure them. And um, that's a big that's a big cue. One of them is afraid of fire. Fire is a very important factor. Actually, you, it's mandatory to use to uh, break its armor. And then the second one you fight is in a uh, Cenobia is in like this weird, like broken down village. And it's like a really it's a city. It's a long trek, you know, like the yeah. majority of that is platforming. And mm-hmm. Uh, but it's cool because I think it, it pays off. You, you at the end when you finally get to taking it out, you're like, "Oh my god, that was exhausting," but I feel good. <laughs> also, I think you got them backwards. Uh, Celosia. So I have the technical names of them, like the the code. Celosia is supposed to be Leo. Oh, and Cenobia is supposed to be Cerberus. Oh, I do have them backwards. Okay, 
You're right. So Celosia is more of the cat and uh, Cenobia yeah. is more of like a dog. Yeah, I, I would. It makes more sense because one's afraid of fire. The other one likes destroying stuff. OK, oh, that's thank you for clearing that. I didn't. That makes 100 percent sense now. I think I was only uh, thinking Cenobia seemed more cat-like to me because I think of like the whole like hunting aspect of it. But I think you're right. Um, yeah, that. But that out of those two, which one did you prefer to fight more? Hmm. As much as I had difficulties with Celosia, I think I prefer that one because it introduces the fire mechanic, and it's the only time you ever get to play with fire. <laughs> yeah, it's interesting. They never they never so, bring that back. I I don't know why, but I guess. I guess to try and keep things fresh for the lack of having like regular enemies, there's like, we're going to make every boss battle just this little bit different. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, and then ultimately, you know, I think we've left out a couple like uh Bossaron who's more of a, like a, yeah, it's just a turtle. A turtle. <laughs> that, I think that's kind of a boring fight, but um, it's kind of dead center too. I think it's the ninth one you fight and it's like right, yeah, it's, right in the middle. And, and, the only downside I can see to Bassaran is he can be a pain when it comes to getting him over the geysers. But other than that, he's a pretty simple fight. Yeah, I, at first you are. It's another one that you're really stumped about. You're like, oh, and, and not maybe so much stumped, but you're annoyed because you have to time it kind of not really perfectly. Yeah. But then you were like, oh, I need to get him over there. And then I got to time my run and get on them. And and then you're like, he's standing on it, and the guy's just going, you're like, come on, man. Huh. <laughs> what are you doing? I thought you were supposed to flip over. Or sometimes he'll just take, take a, like, a, a hard left turn, and you're like, no! And you'll see this guy, the guys are exploding next to him, and you're like, god damn it! <laughs> so, but, like, um, yeah. I think it's all leading up. Let's talk about Argus. The, oh, yeah. The la- oh, not the last, but the second to last. Uh, Argus um, is, uh, I, in my opinion, the hardest of all of them, all 16. Okay. Um, Why do you say that? Uh, I just think it's the most technical, and it's one that it, it it for me at least initially. I don't know about a second playthrough. I mean, a second playthrough, I'm probably going to go with Malice, but uh, initially, because uh, the first time I played this game, I played it. I didn't talk about this earlier, but I want to bring this up now. Uh, maybe actually, I'll wait for Graphics and Audio to talk about this because I think it, it's more it's more suited for that section of this episode. But uh, Argus was I, the most head scratching to me, and and I could not figure out 100% what to do. And then when I did, I still had a hard time timing my jump because there's a really crucial jump that you have to make in that one. Oh, yeah. Is it when you jump on his head? Yes, we did at the mount. Yeah. For some reason, I kept I kept just screwing that up. And I'm like, oh! And you have to, like, really traverse this, this these these uh, areas, these kind of, like, I'm not sure what to call them, but these pillar walls and to get back up there and make sure that he comes back and lure him there. And 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 I was I was having the hardest time initially with with Argus. It, it's strange that I don't know where he comes from. Like he just comes from the side of this cliff. I'm like, you're just hanging out yeah, down he there. He just walks. Like, yeah, he just, <laughs> just, he just comes into frame. You're like, Oh, um, you know, when they introduce him, by the way, we, uh, I'm wondering, uh, my favorite, my favorite introduction, I think is, uh, Quadratus or Quadratus. Quadratus. Yeah. The, the little mammoth. He just bursts through the wall. And you're like, Oh, <laughs> <laughs> what are you doing back there, bro? Yeah. Taking a nap. <laughs> But yeah, Argus just kind of disappears. He's like, hey, what's up? And you're like, uh, nothing. <laughs> but yeah, I had a lot of problem with that fight. It's the first time I played this game. And I think he's the coolest looking Minotaur. Uh, the most gorilla of them, I, I, I felt. Yeah, he's a very primate with his little makeshift sword. 
and also i it, when i mean technical I, I i kind of feel in a sense of you there's so many sigil points weak points you have to uncover and attack unlike most of the other colossi like this one takes a lot of steps and there's a lot of climbing in mm-hmm. little specific areas and i i also read that in a harder difficulty they add another area you have to attack to take him out i think it's on the uh i think it's on his other elbow so, is you're supposed to stab him as well right and that's how he drops the the weapon he, he needs to drop the weapon so you stab the elbow and then you find out that the other area you need to attack is the palm of his hand that was holding the weapon and i was like oh okay well how do i get there <laughs> I have to go in that yeah that seems safe he's just gonna squish me <laughs> yeah but i found i found argus to be uh pretty difficult but i don't know what who, who do you think, think is the most difficult for me um that's that's a difficult question i'm gonna have to go with palgia as well because it's just one of those things where if you don't play the game for a while you can forget like how to kill him and the pathing in this game for the ai as much as i love it it can suck and you're sitting there and you're trying to get him to jump up and he just won't jump up and then you're risking getting hit more and you're risking drowning because he can actually step on you and sink you. Oh god! And then you're kind of stuck. Oh. Yeah. Is that, is that when that happens? Is that pretty much game over? Or? It's as far as I'm concerned, it's pretty difficult to get out of there if you don't have a lot of stamina. Wow. Interesting. Well, also, I think the weirdest looking <laughs> colossus. Yeah. Fair enough. I'm not sure what it is supposed to be. It's got teeth on its head. I don't know, but <laughs> it's it's a bit strange in the end. Yeah. So let's talk about the last one you fight, Malice, which I dubbed the Walking City. Mm-hmm. Now this actually his in-game name. I read it as Elvis when I first read Elvis, it. <laughs> it's, but it's Evis. Evis, Evis, not Elvis. Wow, I don't know what Evis is. I don't know either, but I know what Malice is, and Malice is a mean motherfucker. He, uh, it's it's one of the. It's actually I think the only Colossus that you kind of have to get to from a distance and you have to do a lot of platforming kind of it's a very 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 it's the ultimate boss fight and you mm-hmm. and right before spoiler alert um you have this moment where you think you lose your horse you know and so you're extra mad you know um argo seems to have died uh, on the surface and yeah, it's unfortunate it broke my heart when i first played oh it. me too and i uh it gave me a little bit of vibes of never ending story i don't know if you've ever seen that or know about it but it's a it's a movie where there's a horse that you can you're a companion and i think there are direct influences but there's a part part near the end of the movie where he loses the horse and it's really sad and it's it's before a battle so but malice is like oh my god that is the longest one i think huge he's massive he's a city he's practically a he's a walking city and to get to him, you have to like traverse through like broken areas of, of stone walls and other. And he's just firing these death bolts at you that are practically like rocket launchers. It felt like War of the Worlds. It did. 100% <laughs> War of the Worlds. It's scary. But you're also I think the game does a good job of of enticing this anger in you where you're like, I don't care how big he is. You just took aggro from me. <laughs> so I'm yeah. going to kill you get your head down here <laughs> i have nothing to lose now yeah literally yeah that was a, it's it's insane it's a great it's a great final boss it's it's definitely one of the best finales to a video game and that might be my bias but even trying to be unbiased i can't think of a game right now that's had a better ending i think the ending is it, fantastic 
yeah, it's 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 a good relief because you're like, finally, it's the last one. He took everything from me, but now I can live in peace, I guess. Some <laughs> kind of peace. Kind of. But <laughs> yeah. And then, of course, um, the ending is oh, it's crazy. I almost don't want to ruin it because if people want to play it, who haven't played it or have played it and haven't got to the ending and don't know what happened. I think that ending is it's like oscar worthy this game is an oscar worthy game if this game was a movie it would be like shawshank redemption you know like it's it's that (laughs) level of it's so well made it's so emotionally gripping and a lot of people complain about the controls i don't have a problem with them people complain that the horse you don't fully control it you kind of guide it and it goes i'm okay with that people think that the movement of of wander is a little jank i i think it fits the world it's in and i don't i'm not really behind people kind of dunking on the controls i'm not behind it either because i don't think it's fair to have aggro and un, or i guess horses aren't really fully domesticated they're just going to listen to you because you're on top of them right that's how people say but if you're going to compare that you kind of have to say that red dead redemption 2 horses suck as well because they're supposed to be realistic and they're not always supposed to listen to what you want to do that's what it feels it like it kind of gives a sense of Hey, I'm also my own animal. I'm going to do what I want to do as well. Which makes it stressful too. It, it's actually 100% just like Red Dead Redemption 2. I, I felt the exact same way revisiting this game this week. I was like, this feels like Red Dead Redemption 2, horse. And I yeah. and I remember people complaining, oh, you don't really fully like, control a horse like you do your person. I'm like, that's perfect. That's how that's it's supposed to be. Yeah, but I mean, everybody's different. I have my own opinions that people don't agree with and vice versa. So. But I, I never understood that was one people's takeaway from it that there was a, always a negative point. It was like, well, the controls are kind of crappy. I'm like, they are not crappy. You get, And this game paces you and teaches you perfectly to the point when you have to fight ma- Malice. You are ready to fight this person. You have went through all the trials. And if at this point you're still complaining about the controls, especially after you lost your horse, you just suck at this game. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, pretty much. It, but it was weird because I caught myself trying to use the the older controls on the new one because they kind of switched it out for quality of life. There's a dedicated roll button on the new one. Really? And the old one, it's kind of jump. I think it's jump and uh, X. You have to hit X two at the same time. Yeah, you have to hit two yeah. buttons. Yeah. Which and I f- I found myself doing that, and I was like, why am I not rolling? <laughs> <laughs> so it's definitely a quality of life improvement. I mean, uh, but I, I I got used to it, so I'm okay either way big time yeah so let's um i'm happy with them now we've talked about pretty much all the gameplay we possibly could let's uh briefly talk about uh the sound and the graphics of this masterpiece so this game is in my eyes the best looking game on ps2 bar none nothing looks better than this game of the, on that console uh it also the sound design is probably the best also on the system not just from its soundtrack being this this orchestra that's constant crescendos, but the fact that the sound and the music is adaptive to the situations. And it, 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 when the music changes, when the Colossus notices you and also will 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 lower, you know, will descendo like uh, descendra or I can't think of the word right now, but. Crescendo. Uh, well, no, they, uh, wait, wait. going the opposite direction. Descendo. I'm, I'm a terrible Italian, but. uh <laughs> yeah it's i think that's so cool when you get far enough it kind of does that it like it the mood it, this game is so well crafted visually and and audibly that i i can't th- i do not think it could be better i really don't think they could have done anything to make it better 
And this, uh, the PS2 version was the first, I think one of the first games to really utilize a bloom effect with the lights going in and out of dark and light areas where you're kind of blinded at first and then it adjusts. Oh yeah. And uh, the uh, dynamic range, I think is what it's called. Yeah. And it's, it blew my mind. Everything about this game. Like what were your feelings about the graphics and audio? If I'm going to go by the newest version, but this is, this does not fall short because this game, the, it feels like I'm watching something written by John Williams. Yeah. Cause it's, it's extremely like, it's important that the soundtrack has to be good to a game like this because it's empty. You need something to fill the void. So what are you just going to sit there and listen to this thing walk around? (laughs) But it's, there's times where I would be sitting there and trying to set up for a Colossus. And then I hear the music get louder. I'm like, Oh, it's noticed me. It knows where I am. Yeah. It's coming to kill. And you get nervous. (laughs) Yeah. You're like, "Uh Oh, but one thing I noticed too in my first playthrough video, uh, not really a first playthrough, but I, I call it a revisit, at least in this sense. But I, one thing I noticed during that that I didn't notice before was when I was on top of the first Colossus and the birds that are just whatever. They're just a part of the, they're just visuals. They don't really are part of the game whatsoever that fly by me when I'm on his head. You can hear them. They're like cawing. Yep. And then the caw goes away. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, you got to be kidding me. This is the PS2 version. <laughs> it's so well made it blows my mind it's it's little details like that that add to like a to add to the world where you can kind of be in it as well and a lot of people uh hate a little bit on the fact that this world is so empty but i think it, it's mm-hmm. best this way it builds up to it it's a, it's a forbidden land it's a forbidden <laughs> land and it fits with the story and it also built every time you're going to fight a new colossus uh, they obviously they put all the attention in those fights and I'm glad that they didn't have to take away from that to add goblins or some stupid crap in the middle. Oh, thank God. Yeah. And I think it's always this epic trek every time. And it feels very Western to me, you know, like just going on to the next, going on into the next battle through the plains or going through the desert, you know, and, and with your horse. And I love that. That that hits all the notches with me on things that I absolutely adore. And this game just nails it. And I, I can't, like I said, it's the best somebody please show me another example on the ps2 of a better looking and sounding game and i will bow and say you're right but i don't think it's possible it won't be possible for me i i can't think of one and if i can't think the the ps2 is my entire life i have so many games sitting next to me that even looking at them the only one that i can really see shadow the colossus that even comes close i guess would be Battlefront 2, and that's only because of the multiplayer. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but that's a different that's a different worm. Super good game. <laughs> Super good, like, solo campaign that has, like, so many bots. But oh, anyways, I digress. Yeah, the game is... Uh, there's nothing much more I can praise it as far as, like, sound design and graphics are concerned. It, when something's perfect, it doesn't need to be kind of described again. I, it's just so crazy they hit everything. They hit every yeah. everything you possibly could to make something that would, should be considered a masterpiece. Uh, this is a game that is so well made and not only uh, mechanically, but like, like emotionally that I can't even, I don't even want things in it other than maybe more Colossi. Like uh, to me, the one, the one thing that I'm a little bugged by is that they, they've released it again twice and they didn't add like, at least one more like you had the concept art you got the team like can we just throw in another colossus like 
just one like a, it could be a i don't care if it sucks just make it like a bonus thing you unlock but like can we just add that but i that, then again i th- feel like i'm asking for too much because it's already perfect but think of it like this if you were to add another colossi you're kind of ruining the pacing a little bit because these are all so meticulously placed out on where you go on the map it's like if you add some of the older ones it's like where are you gonna fit this in you are absolutely correct dude that is (laughs) you're right (laughs) as much as i want it no more than anybody else i'm like i can understand that this is what they wanted i'm happy with leaving those behind because I don't know if I could deal with the stress level of having to deal with that spider. <laughs> you know what though? It's also it's a very complete game. It feels it feels yeah. perfectly well rounded. It has a good ending. It has or it has a great beginning and a great ending. And you're right. There's nothing else needs to be added to it. And I think the, the developers I don't feel robbed. Yeah. And the developers probably when they were done, they published it, they probably would like wiped their hands and said, This is my greatest work of all time. <laughs> so <laughs> all right. Well, let's get into uh our verdicts. <laughs> um Marcus, I'm going to let you go first. Uh, let me go ahead and gush about Shadow of the Colossus. Um, it's just, I there's nothing I can add on here besides playing The Last Guardian and playing Eco. It just adds more to the environment of this kind of world. It, those are both fantastic games as well. If you give them a chance, um, this is just S tier for me. Absolutely. This is, the, this is one of three games in S tier in my entire time of playing video games and that's that's all i can say i've said everything i kind of need to say for me. the game does all the talking for me i know it's 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 kind of a anticlimactic ending to the episode at least in the sense of well there's no surprise here um i agree with you uh i want to i want to give my verdict on this game by telling us a, a little story about uh, me and this game at first when this game came out i did own a ps2 the fatty one or the thicker one and uh, i worked at best buy and with Brent Van Tassel, of all people, check out Sophie King Podcast, a uh, close friend of mine. And uh, this game came out. I remember playing the demo disc, and I was like, I pre-ordered this game. I think it's one of the first games I ever actually pre-ordered in full. And I bought, I found out that it was going to be one of the first games that had um, 480p. And luckily, everything kind of aligned perfectly. Uh, I was living at my parents' house at the time, and I installed, because I worked at Best Buy, I got this crazy discount. So I installed this, this uh, projector in our front room. And Brent helped me install it. Actually, Brent pretty much installed it completely. And I just helped watch. But so I had this gigantic 102 inch screen. I had this HD projector and I I bought Shadow of the Colossus. My dad already had his, <laughs> his like 90s insane <laughs> surround sound system set up right there, too. I bought the uh, the HD cables. You needed some special cables to make it 1080. Sorry, 480p. This was my first experience playing the, the actual full game was sitting in my front room on a couch on a projector, 102-inch screen with surround sound in the dark. And I remember at the time I was dating this woman named Brooke. Um, she's awesome. We're still friends. But she came over to hang out, and she's like, what are you doing? I'm like, shh, just watch. And she sat down on the couch, and she watched me. At this point, I was like, I think I was uh, a little under halfway done with the game when she showed up. She sat and watched me play the rest of this game and was completely emoting and like emotional, like when the, the the Argo part happened and was like, oh my God, she was blown away. She's not even a gamer. She's like, what is this? And I'm like, I looked at her at the end, my eyes all like wide eyed and turning the lights on in my front room. And I said, I think this is the greatest game I've ever played in my life. And to this day, I don't know if it's the greatest game I've ever played, 
but it, I agree with you. It is one of the greatest games ever made and it deserves it's, 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 it's Mount Rushmore worthy. <laughs> if you were to have four of the greatest games of all time, most influential, um, obviously today, currently with the games we have now, there's a lot of influence that comes from this, like dragon's dogma, breath of the wild. Um, I, there's probably more I'm, I'm leaving out that I, maybe I haven't played, but this game I mean, gets S tier. Absolutely. Uh, it's my highest praise in the show so far. I don't think, I think this is easily the best game, um, in super garbage day history. So thus far, but it's shadow of the Colossus, man. <laughs> it's, it's just a perfect game top to bottom. I, the only thing I would ever change about this is their, their baby faces in the new one. Oh, really? I didn't. Uh, yeah. The, ugh. It's weird. Huh? They're so round. They're, they're really, they're very round and they look like they went from 16th to 17th to 13th. Oh, weird. Yeah. Cause I kind of feel like your main character in, is like in that 18, 17 range, but yeah, that's weird. Kind of makes them more childish. I wonder if it's like a, fantasy, a Final Fantasy thing, like because of the influence of that's how like Final Fantasy does that a little bit at least the online ones but i've only ever played final fantasy 8 i've i've only played final fantasy 10 so <laughs> and a little bit of eight so i'm not a final fantasy person but i'm aware that you have a lot of that cutesy look all right akika is that right did i say it correct yeah yep. let everybody know where they can find you and what you do i know you stream on youtube but i'll give you the floor right now to tell people what you do and if it's if anything you know uh we're, we're, we're happy to have you a part of the community and on the show, but go right ahead. Um, yeah, if you want to hit me up or anything, you should join the discord. I'm pretty much in there all the time. Um, other than that, I don't really have any other socials. I, if you want to play something, just add me on discord. I'll play anything really. There you go. And you do have, <laughs> I'm not very picky. you're occasionally on YouTube streaming. So, uh, that's right. Okay. Just jump into the discord. Appreciate the plug for our discord. Um, a friend and check it out and go play he's uh you're canadian right yeah i'm canadian hey first canadian on the show i love canadians do you listen to uh remember the game by the way yeah actually it's funny because <laughs> i went to one of his comedy shows when i was a kid oh adam blank really yes no i kidding. went to one of his comedy shows as a kid and i found it a few years ago when he did uh i don't know i'm not gonna dox my i don't live there anymore okay. but the absolute comedy okay in Toronto, he, if I remember correctly, he said he did one in Ottawa and Toronto, and I was at one of them. I can't remember where I was. I was I was a kid when he did them, and I went with my parents because I don't think 12-year-olds are allowed to do it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't care as that cool, but <laughs> no. no, that's great. Yeah, he's a big influence on my show, and um, you know, like I, I have a lot of correlations in our lives. Like I'm, I'm, we're the same age. I also was a comedian. Um, I also worked for like warehouses. I also uh, love poker and there. I just noticed like we both kind of went the same route, but uh, check him out. He actually has a shadow of the Colossus episode. If you haven't heard it. So I know I remember I messaged him last Christmas and he was posted on his story on Instagram. He was like, what's one game you wish I would review? And I put in shadow of the Colossus. Like, yeah, I already have an episode. (laughs) He's really good with uh, responding to stuff too. Yeah. So I mean, not to plug somebody else's show on my show, but I'm all about the love, man. I it's all good. So check that out um as usual i don't know if you're aware of this but coming on the show means that you actually get to spin the wheel dude so i'm gonna send you the link and you get to spin the wheel for the next game so you let me let's hope uh (laughs) let's hope this is a fan favorite or everybody hates me let's see (laughs) (laughs) well people like the crappy ones so let's see
All right, what do we got? What's what is it? So, Time Commando. I've never heard of this game. Time Commando. Time Commando. Here, I'll send you a screenshot. Okay. I've never heard of this game before. Time Commando? I didn't even know that was in our Time Commando. It is in there. I don't know what that is. I don't know when that was added, but uh our next game is Time Commando? <laughs> I got to look this up. Hold on. Time Commando. Oh no. <laughs> it's a 1996 PC game. Um developed by Electronic Arts. So it could be terrible or or awful. And actually it's oh, not true. No. I mean, they made some good games. They they made some games I absolutely love, but this is a tactical action adventure computer game released in 1996. Okay. So, next week is Time Commando. You put that in, give us a shout out. Thank you for listening. Um I want to thank my guests for coming on and talking and gushing with me about one of my favorite games of all time. And as usual, don't judge a book by its cover. Have a super garbage day. And cut to B. Thank you for watching with my dad. Uh, I just want to say everybody, guys, bye.